Hey, what's up everybody? It's Dmitry Likhachev with the seventh episode of my Smart and Nimble Monday Talk. It's Monday, the second to last Monday of 2018. So I hope you are getting ready for 2019 and you're trying to finish as much as possible by the end of this year. And tomorrow, tomorrow guys, it's Christmas and I wish you all the best and hope you have a very Merry Christmas tomorrow. And so today, what we're gonna talk about is, well, firstly, I want to give you an update with, uh, sorry, on my experiment with nicotine. You know, I do know, and I can't repeat that enough times, that nicotine is a highly addictive uh, component, and you have to be highly in control, especially if you're trying it for the very first time. So I have never smoked, I have never uh, tried any vaping and and so on. I just heard and read that nicotine is a powerful neuroenhancer uh, or an ingredient that helps your brain work faster, improves focus and so on. And I, and I decided to give it a try. So I bought uh, a little spray, uh, produced by the company called Nicorette, quick mist with fresh mint flavor. So one spray contains one milligram of nicotine. And well, I, I started using it maybe like three times a week, uh, just one spray in the morning when I sit down and, and start writing something. And you know, Maybe it's because, so so yeah, I do remember I talked about it in my previous episode. I do remember that I said that it causes some kind of a weird uh, feeling in my head in terms of like, you know, like everything else dissipates away and I see only my screen or my notebook in front of me and the flow of the thoughts is just like, it's flowing. And what I also came to realize is, you know, like, like, look, you, you might ask me why all those people who smoke, who, who kind of uh, consume much larger volumes of nicotine, why, why don't they produce masterpieces? And what I realized is like, you know, with all this, neurohacking theory. Uh, these ingredients that, neuro, that neurohackers consume, um, they won't make you smarter just by consuming them, you know? Sorry, you, you won't get smarter simply by consuming them. You have to do the work and work is still something that matters. So what those uh, what what all those oh gosh what's the word um, well what, what all these ingredients what all these substances do is that if you have the work to do they will help you do it so that's why I use the spray only when I sorry, only when I'm sitting at my table and doing the work, only when I know exactly what I need to do. And that's where it helps tremendously. Even though, you know, I'm still, (laughs) 
I'm still not sure whether it's nicotine that makes me work so um, abundantly, I would say, and and to write so uh, for so long and uh, and for and so much, or is it the mere fact that I'm sitting down and I'm writing? So you know, I I don't know yet, and in the end, whether I'm gonna produce a book in the end or not, whether nicotine will help me or not, uh, we'll find out. So, and, and it won't matter, you know, it won't matter. I just, I will, I will be just extremely happy if I manage to achieve my goals. So what else? Uh, also this week, I think it was on Monday or on Wednesday, I had an argument with one of my, um, university mates. She, saw my post about biohacking and she left a comment like uh, everything has got a cost and I messaged her in messenger asking like what what um, what do you mean yeah because you know not many people kind of understand what I'm trying to achieve and and when I see such reaction I'm, I really want to understand what people think because I have realized that our generation, the generation of millennials, how, how we are called, we are highly critical and highly skeptical, especially people who have graduated with, with bachelors, with masters, with PhDs, and especially people who, who graduated from technical universities. You know, we have become so skeptical, so cynical sometimes that we that whenever we hear of someone's success, we constantly ask ourselves, what if they are lying? You know, I do know that because I was like that myself some time ago. And when I now tell success stories to my mates, I keep hearing, what if that's not true? You know, this this thinking just prevents us from achieving our goals and it just hinders our progress. So anyway, um, we had a, a very interesting conversation in Messenger. She, she even, um, she was tired of typing and she ended up recording several messages, um, several voice messages. And you know, it was so interesting to listen to her uh, thinking process. And she she's very clever, very smart, and um, she has worked in various biopharmaceutical companies and she, um, she she actually corrected me because so you know how I understand biohacking is that it's the process of consuming particular types of foods aiming to enhance <clears throat> sorry enhance one's performance one's mental and physical performance to achieve um, to achieve the best results, to, to, to achieve goals. And if there is something in the world that can help me stay focused longer and, uh, and at the same time uh, not get exhausted, you know, and, and to be, and to help me maintain my, my pace of work despite the long working hours, well, gosh, I would, I would love to, 
to use that component because gosh i have got so much to do and, and i'm super excited about it i'm, I'm telling that not not to uh, not to complain about how many things i've got to do i personally i came up with those things and have got now a whole list of what i want to do and you know if, if there was something that allowed me to just keep working and not getting sick and not getting sleepy i would love such component such ingredient such uh um, such food or whatever were such pills and she actually said that well she I think she was actually right she she corrected me and said that actually biohacking is the um, so the aim of biohacking is to no no sorry so biohacking considers the human body as the as the number of algorithms and it's these algorithms that biohacking try um, aims to hack aiming to make them more effective making uh, making make them more efficient with particular methods with particular um, foods and so on and you know i i think that's the more precise definition but eventually i came to realize that uh, that my understanding and her uh, and hers they don't differ. It's just like a matter of looking at something. You know, she looks at a much lower level. And, and, and I agree, there are lots of algorithms that, uh, that work within us, like that control digestion and uh, sleep and so on. And I am looking at this at a higher level. I'm looking at making them effective as well but I see my purpose I see my goal where I want to take myself uh, and and what I and what I want to do once I get so efficient and effective you know and her argument was also actually about the fact that um, we uh, we people are so individual um, human beings that there is not enough data to prove that any of the diets actually work and I and I was listening to that and I was kind of skeptical I, I wonder if at any time in our lives we will ever reach a point when we will have enough data I highly doubt sorry I highly doubt it and I, I like the idea of dealing with what you have and you know if a number, if a significant number of people, a significant number of successful people say that, for example, the keto diet has helped them to achieve their results, and, and at the same time, so you know, so at the same time, some, some of these people sell their products based on keto diets, for example, like the Bulletproof and Dave, sorry, like Dave Asprey's Bulletproof company, who sell, whose, whose main product is the bulletproof coffee the coffee with high high content of fats um, while others you know there is there is a whole community of people who um, who experiment with the keto diet and with and with in general eating the, the right way you know aiming to achieve their results and if and if it works for them why why can't i just try and see if it works for me you know just just recently i 
uh, took the Thriva test to measure my blood and it came with results so everything was green except for the bad uh, cholesterol which was at the boundary level at, at the at the boundary level so there were green and orange le um, levels so my bad if i if i remember right hdl i hope i'm right um my hdl level of uh, cholesterol was slightly higher and the report said that there is no need to worry because the good cholesterol is at the great level and it kind of off balances that bad cholesterol i suspect that the bad cholesterol has has risen due to the fact that i have started to eat two fried eggs every morning um, i eat them with avocado whenever i have it so i suspect that's why it risen but you know I see that everything else is in great, uh, sorry, is at is at great level, and I don't have I don't have any doubts that what I'm currently doing. And so I took that test after about a month of uh, trying to maintain the keto diet with, well, uh, however it is possible due to my lifestyle. Um, so I would call it mostly low carb diet or to be more precise, like no sweets. I only eat fruits, I eat lots of fruits these days because I, I know um, I now rarely have dinner. Well, so it's Christmas week now and I took three weeks off my work. At work we used to have, uh, um, sorry, and, and we still have free dinners, which we order from Deliveroo and it's so hard to, to choose there anything that doesn't contain lots of carbs. And and today, for example, gosh, I I keep working all day. Sorry, I kept working all day, and I just don't have time to cook. So, um, so I had my two fried eggs in the morning, and since then I ate just bananas, um, kiwis, persimmon. <laughs> oh, and I drank a bottle of kefir as well. So. Yes, you know, so if something works for you, just keep doing it. Yes, of course, research helps, but as I as I also as was as I was also sorry, as I also learned data data. Oh yeah, so I read and I think I actually talked about it in one of my previous episodes. So I picked it, I, I picked this idea from the Creativity Inc book by Ed Catmull, the um director of Pixar. So, so he said he doesn't quite understand people who say that uh, all, that they base all their decisions based on data and gut feeling doesn't work at all. So he thinks that data is just another tool. And if there is only one tool in your toolbox, you know, like Charlie Munger said, for a person with a hammer, all problems look like a nail so data is great when you have it but you have to take um, holistic I would say a holistic approach to making a decision and when you look at the data just think whether it makes sense 
you know, think logically and do your best to make the right decision, taking into account both the data, your gut feeling and what other people tell you. I, I also like the, uh, the theory that Ray Dalio, uh, a very successful uh, investor from the United States, described in his book, Principles. He talked there about uh, believability of people. So he assigned various scales Sorry, he, he had a he had a believability. Sorry, he had a believability scale in his company, um, Bridge Bridgewaters. I think I'm right. One second, let me check. Bridgewaters. Yes, Bridgewater Associates, investment management company. Uh, so he assigned a particular number on this believability scale to every person depending on their experience and contribution to the company and whenever they had to make a particular decision um, they just uh, calculated this believability, believability score and eventually <laughs> the one with the highest so, sorry and, and eventually the decision with the highest believability score was adopted so you see, it's, it's not always based on data. And I, and I really want to find like a great example. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I do come up with a great example to show where... Oh, well, I actually even, even remember some examples where data doesn't show what, uh, what it looks like. For example, I have just remembered a case when during the, the Second World War, when the Germans were bombing uh, London, um, if you looked at the map where the bombs fell down, it um, it gave the first impression that the Germans developed a highly precise uh, weapon. <laughs> but it was later proven with uh, statistics that those bombs fell at complete random. And so, yeah. Um, anyway, let's get back to the Smart and Nimble Success Framework. In my previous episodes, I talked about the first three components of my Smart and Nimble Success Framework. We talked about embodiment and how important it is to, uh, to, to mold yourself into the form that it is that is capable of holding motivation. Um, then we talked about sentience and the uh, reptile or the, the, the reptilian brain and the, and the monkey brain that we have to be able to control and to, and to harness. Then we talked about thinking uh, and, and, and this next level of uh, of conscious thinking i would say and and behavior so now let's move on to the fourth level the fourth level called assumptions and the fine function formula so now that we've sorted out the body and the mind it's time we start thinking about what we do with all of this potential we've accumulated because even if, even if you have 
a Tesla Roadster, a fully charged one and ready to go. If you lack imagination and focus, you won't get far away. Look, most people believe that you can either be a generalist or a specialist. When I worked at Ford Motor Company, I learned that our whole learning and development program was aimed at developing generalists. I even remember my, my manager, let's, let's call him Charles. <laughs> he was a tall, handsome man, you know, a proper Englishman with a royal British accent. <laughs> so he, he told me that, so Dmitry, this company is a company of generalists. So, being a generalist can become very complacent. It gives the impression that you know a little bit about everything, what leads to a false sense of security. However, in the world that we are currently living, neither being a generalist nor a specialist is enough unless you want to keep applying for jobs throughout your life only to push your income level marginally higher with every move. We're living at the beginning of the fourth industrial revolution. Artificial intelligence, a large branch of computer science that encapsulates ideas from psychology, neuroscience, mathematics, physics, and biology, is augmenting digital transformation that started with the third industrial revolution around 2010. Becoming a T-shaped person has become a priority for anyone willing to succeed during these times. So who are the T-shaped people? They have deep expertise in a particular topic, but also a broad understanding of the mental models used in other areas of science and engineering. Such knowledge allows them to apply concepts from different domains to a specific problem they are currently working on. Alternatively, if you are a specialist, you're risking to end up with a narrow toolset to, to address the growing complexity of the problems that machines are incapable of solving. In other words, to a person with a hammer, as I said earlier, all issues will look like a nail. If you want to become an entrepreneur, a person able to solve complex meaningful, meaningful problems, either in your own company or within an existing enterprise, you have to learn how other successful people think. Would you agree, yes or no? So let me illustrate it with the following story. In 2002, an entrepreneur who'd later say, I would like to die on Mars, but not on the impact. I'm talking about Elon Musk, of course. Set on a journey to find a rocket for an expedition to Mars. Existing aerospace manufacturers asked for a price that Elon found incredibly high. So he started to think what rockets are built of. He decomposed a rocket into its components and then went on to check the cost of individual materials. It turned out that the total cost of the compounds is about 2% of the price asked by the manufacturers. So he went on to found the aerospace company SpaceX that now builds rockets and partners with NASA. So ask yourself, how can you split the problem you're currently facing into, constitu into constituting parts? What is the root cause of your issue? What happens if you invert the task in question? 
Today, the ability to analyze a complex problem and ability to sorry um, and apply mental models from diverse disciplines with a channeled focus is becoming invaluable as never before. So this was the introduction to this um, fourth section of my smart and nimble success framework called assumptions. And so what else what I wanted to tell you is the following. I I have come up with an idea, an idea to create a web service helping people to create engaging stories. You know, now when I, um, now at work, I have to interview people who apply for the data science positions. And most of them talk about what they have done in such a boring way that I, I rarely have any questions left like you know I, I I have to keep asking like what was the end outcome what did you manage to achieve what did you learn out of this you know and I want to create a web service so based on what I've learned um, in my previous five years about great presentation and public speaking and so on I want to help people to create engaging stories and I do believe that all such interviews and answering such questions as why do you want to work for our company can benefit from um, from the great storytelling skills that one can acquire and this is why I am putting down a web service that will help you by asking specific questions uh, will help you uh, create in the end engaging story to help you either to apply to a job sorry or to acquire that new client that you've always dreamed of you know or to sell a product or a service um, I am I hope I will complete it during this or I will complete the MVP the minimum viable product or the minimum lovable product uh, by the end of this three um, three week three week vacation that I've taken and gosh I'm I'm really I'm I'm so excited about it that you just can't imagine and I hope you find it useful so anyway this was the update for the week Please let me know if you have any questions or if you think I should uh, talk on a particular topic by either dropping me a note at Telegram. You can find me there at D-M-L-I-H. Uh, that's my username. Or you, or you can go to smartnimble.com and go to the contacts section and contact with uh, uh, and contact me using whatever method you see there. Also, 
please like our Facebook page. I have decided to donate one pound per every subscriber of my Smart and Nimble Facebook page to the International Animal Rescue. Those guys do amazing work. Gosh, whenever I uh, get their emails or whenever I uh, come to their website, I, I read those reports how they manage to help all sorts of animals who... Oh gosh, it's such an emotional topic for me. So they rescue animals from from cruel people who who treat them. Gosh, how can I? I I just can't understand how people how people can be so so cruel. And I really love what they do. And gosh, I hope one day I will be able to donate them. Like <laughs> I hope one day I reach. A million subscribers to my Facebook page and I will donate monthly one million pounds to this international animal rescue and I hope we will exterminate all, cru all cruelty and uh, create more wildlife parks where animals and people can can live can live freely together so anyway guys I wish you a Merry Merry Christmas. I will have a chance to talk to you once again this year on Monday 31st of December. So in the meantime, I wish you all the best and please take care.